Today, we are very pleased to have a, a very busy man, Al Wilson. Uh, if you're a football tabletop gamer, you know this man already. His fast drive football is generating a, a feeding frenzy. It's not just passing interest. Um, his Facebook group, Fast Drive Football, already has 150 members. Uh, the game has been launched about a week, and people are already customizing charts for allocating touchdowns. Uh, numerous seasons are already available. It is essentially a drive-by-drive -drive football game, as the name implies. Uh, Mr. Al Wilson, thank you. You're, you're being besieged with interest, <laughs> comments, uh, begging people, begging for seasons. I believe you just had a poll that you're going to... Uh, uh, you've concluded that the 85, or excuse me, yes, the 85 and 98 seasons are next. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Very happy to be here. This is my first, this is my first uh, interview as a, as a game publisher, so this is a big deal. Awesome. Thank you so much. I, and I appreciate it. We don't want to hold you up because your fans are going to be, you know, I, I tell you, I, I said on one comment that uh, you, you are so responsive, which is amazing and very important uh, for folks so interested in the game. It's like being back in my old newsrooms where I'm watching the wire and things are developing <laughs> like this and this. Um, could you just kind of give us the elevator pitch for the game? What, what its goal is, if you will, and kind of the origin story. I believe it's, it's kind of affiliated with the play or derived from the play game engine. It is, yeah. So um, there's a lot of directions I could go with that. I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Um, you know, I am a, I'm mostly a big two sports fan, baseball and football. That's how, that's how it's been most of my life. And, but I enjoy all the other sports as well. Um, and as a kid played mostly um, uh, like sea action football and the, uh, the old, the old uh, OJ Simpson one with the records. So I was always into that more um, tactile kind of experience. I didn't really know about um, cards and dice until friends uh, showed me um, Strat maybe when I was like 12 years old, I got into Status Pro instead, but never any football games because um, when I looked at the boxes, when I looked at them in the stores, it didn't look like something I could play solitaire and that's what I was into. So I stuck with baseball for cards and dice, stuck with the uh, more gamey games for for football. Fast forward um, and I stopped playing board games, got into computer games, got really invested in like out of the park baseball and PC replay, um, you know, developed a good relationship with the PC replay folks. That led me to get involved with um, second and 10 football on the PC as well. So really invested in that for many years. And then I, it just went cold for me. The, the PC experience went cold for me. I kind of uh, dropped out of the, the PC scene and around about that time, uh, around 2012, uh, hooked up with Keith through Red, White and Blue Racing. And we, we formed a fast friendship. And at the time he said, hey, do you wanna see a new baseball game I'm working on? I said, of course. And I remember where I was sitting when I opened up that package and saw the, um, the progression system and, and quality, something I'd never seen before. And I think in the back of my head, as soon as I saw that, my, you know, I never said it out loud, but, oh, this would be great for football. But of course, um, you know, didn't want to be that bold and say to Keith, oh, you should do this with a football game because they already had second season. So, um, you know, as I've said in videos, Keith and I have become best friends over the years. And in 2017, I actually started working on 
um, a prototype of this game. I was just looking it up this morning to see when, when did I actually put something together? It was mid 2017. It didn't look like it does now, but it used qualities. And I was borrowing that idea from Keith. And again, you asked the question um, and I need to put in the answer. I developed this because it was a game I wanted to play. I, and this is how, this is, I understood early was Keith's secret. He didn't create games for people. He created games that he thought were fun. So I wanted to create a game that just that I wanted to play that I would think was fun. Um, and it, it was complicated. It had multiple charts. It basically, it, it was grounded on the field position idea. This was something that I've always paid attention to when I watch football. Um, I pay attention to the nuance, just like people don't like spending three or four hours with a baseball game today. I enjoy it because I enjoy the situation of each pitch count. Just like in football, I can watch any two teams play because I enjoy, I enjoy you know paying attention to who's controlling the clock, who's controlling field position. I think that's a really fun aspect of the game. And the original design was built on the, a very simple analysis that I found on a blog somewhere that showed the statistical breakdown between drives ending in a field goal or a touchdown based on the yard line from which they started. I you know. And I, and I simplified that to poor average good or poor average great. And I was sort of off and running. Um, two years later, fast forward, Keith, Keith was, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and be bold. I think Keith was inspired that I was trying to make a quicker playing football game. He bested me though and came out with second season express. And I'll be honest with you. I dropped all development of this game in 2019 because it's like, all right, I, I can't do better than that. It leverages second season. People already have invested all this money and time into these, into all their, to their game, to the seasons. It's brilliant. Um, and I played that and promoted that for, for, you know, for a couple of years. And it was, it was, uh, I think during COVID I was bored and um, looked at my old materials again, played it and it, it just wasn't fun. And I, and I almost lost interest. And then I, again, remember where I was when I realized that I had these multiple charts, all this rolling you do if you're in poor field position. And then if you have a good start to your drive, you flip to the next chart for you, you've moved to average field position. So you roll again, and then you've moved to great field position and you roll again. And it just wasn't fun. And it, it, and then it hit me. It's like, oh my gosh, that's what Keith's three column progression system does. It takes you from beginning to end, just like in baseball, you've got pitcher, batter, fielder. And in golf, you've got your woods, your irons, um, and your short irons. And, uh, it, it, it worked. And so I, I told Keith, I said, you know, I think this works now, but it's totally a play game. It, it uses your qualities. It uses your progression system. Um, what do you think? And he's like, well, that's cool, but you know, uh, I've already got second season express. So, you know, um, what do you think? And I said, well, if it doesn't fit in your portfolio um, and we noodled on it a bit and we came up with this idea that it would be a great he, he was happy that I had figured out um, kind of a cool game and he wanted me to let me self-publish it and, and get the, you know, get the kudos for doing it. But at the same time, we agreed that, um, you know, we should, it can't be sold because it's his intellectual property. And, and, um, and then as some folks may or may not know, um, and this is public, so I can share it. Keith was diagnosed with prostate cancer a few months back. And again, I dropped it. I actually stopped doing anything related to gaming for um, 
for about two months. It hit me pretty hard. Um, and, uh, but you know, as things do, um, uh, started, you know, talked to Keith a lot more, started lifting each other's spirits and decided that, well, um, you know, I had figured out a few more mechanics that made the game fun, got some good feedback from really generous play testers, and here we are. So that's kind of the genesis of how it all came to be. Excellent, excellent. So much to unpack there, if you yeah, will. Um, and first, of course, though, our thoughts are with Keith uh, and, and the best wishes for him. I mean, I'm I, I sure I speak for a lot of people there. I actually spoke with him a few years back, uh, intending to interview him for our our little page about 10 years ago. And um, uh, as I, I recall, he was a kind of an Appa-ish fan. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and just as you say, you see something and you think, well, should I, shouldn't I? And you just, you have that bug, you have to do it. And it somehow it will come out. Um, right now, again, back to that frenzy, you know, uh, Dave Gardner, Digital to the Dice is doing, I think your 81 season, and he's trying to keep people uh, kind of a little off your back to say, you know, let the game don't be so, you know, not be so complex, but there are folks, uh, 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 just to read through your page here, uh, Brian Martin is, you know, he, I love to tweak things and uh, people are claiming for sets. Jason Graham, uh, creator of Flash Sports, Flash Games has said, this is the game yeah. he wishes he had 30 years ago. He might not have even created his game again, going back to that, should I, shouldn't I, he says, this is pretty much, he's crowned it king of his uh, football tabletop. Steve Tower at, uh, after further review is doing a season uh, replay. Um, one thing I love about your game, and, and this goes to, I think, creation for anything. Um, I was just talking to uh, someone or commenting on a, a, a war game site, a advanced squad leader, you know, talking about character, character of soldiers, national character, uh, in terms of uh, football games, team character, player character. Your game is very much words. It's not charts. It's not numbers, right? It's drive results. It's desperation play, fumble, interception. I apologize. I did not uh, download in color here. And I will say that this game is downloadable, printable, as, as uh, Al mentioned. It's free. Uh, season's free. There are boutique cards. I love the concept. But it's a numbers game. And it is. it goes to team characters. Some of the uh, concepts, for instance, for the boutique card, the characters, um, uh, just general uh, offenses and defenses are characterized. Uh, this is a 76 season, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the hapless uh, Bucks are dull, erratic, porous on offense, inept, meek, and undisciplined on defense. You actually joked you were going to put the hopeless moniker on the Tampa <laughs> Bay Bucks card. And that 76 Bucks team, boy, just people love to play that. But, but I love the fact that you're getting the character of the game. What are some of the most enjoyable aspects? You talked about being able to watch two teams. What is it about pro football that really gets you in the gut and lets you want to just corral it and simulate it? So um, I think we're all, you know, I'm 52. We're all kind of in the same age group. The old NFL films, um, the all of the, I'm looking at my bookshelf, all of any, any pro NFL pro books, that have the picture of the games from like the 50s and the 60s, the mud, and but it's the color. So what grabbed me as a kid, and this is like way too personal, but I'm the kid with the NFL sheets on their bed as a kid. What grabbed me about football from a kid, and I remember it was a big deal going to the bus stop with my new Eagles hat. I grew up in Philadelphia. So um, it was a big deal to, to, to wear the colors to me, um, and, and it was like a big, big disappointment when you open up the pack of tops and the logos aren't on the helmet. Um, so for me, it was about the color. 
Um, and, and the team identities less than about, it's like amazing when I watch Jason, by the way, huge shout out to Jason Graham, his passion for the game. It's like, I get to see someone playing the game, um, even in a more excited fashion than I do, which is insane, but, um, his knowledge of the players and just being able to name a team and then envision who is lining up, I, that's beyond where I'm at. I'm more of, um, you know, it's, I've been watching these games. I follow, I follow the league. If I could wear any shirt, it would like, I have an MLB shirt that just has the MLB logo. Same thing with the NFL. I'd love an NFL logo shirt. Cause I'm just a fan of the league. I'm a fan of the action. I'm a fan of, of, um, you know, and I put this in, in the instructions. It's basically on any given Sunday. And something I was talking to my, my group of gaming friends about um, the Saturday morning Zoom crew, as Keith has called us, is that uh, initially I wanted this engine to produce a bit more variability. Um, so again, the reason why I watch games on TV, the reason why I watch the sport is because I feel like I'm going to see something I haven't seen before every time I watch a football game. So in answer to your question, I want, when you're playing this game, I want something to happen each time that hasn't happened the last time you rolled a game. Um, and so, and so we dubbed it the chaos engine. And to be honest with you, I did not want to put that in the marketing materials or in the game book. Cause I had a feeling that APA players, strat players, when they saw that, they're going to be like, Oh no, 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 no. Uh, I don't want anything that's like that, that off the wall. Um, but what's cool is, and I think people are seeing it in the results now, about 80% of the time you'll see scores that, yep, that's pretty much what happened. And then 20% of the time, whoa, it's like, okay. Um, but that's, that's the design intent. And that's what I want. Um, that's what I want. That's what I wanted out of the game. And that's what I want people to get out of the game is, um, the, the, the feeling that you want to roll one more game because it's just crazy enough that you want to see what happens next. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And Jason Graham is one of the best things to happen to tabletop football games ever. <laughs> Second that strongly. Um, you know, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, people want to roll that one more game. I saw a gentleman on your Facebook group was uh, playing a game with his wife. Um, yeah, that was you know, cool. quick to learn, uh, you know. And speaking of Apple and Strato, you know, I remember in, in the 80s, uh, of course, uh, Apple came out with the master game and they were had the rare plays charts, you know, number uh, more word stuff to add kind of that flavor there, I guess, began to be a bit of repetition that the same rare plays would kind of come up. Uh, yours has, I, I think uh, you've really captured a certain kind of dynamism in the game. Uh, again, it's unusual results, drive results. And again, folks, this is downloadable. You have instructions how to print it, take it to your preferred print uh, service supplier, and away you go. Uh, looking at the seventy-six bucks, of course, people are playing. It's interesting. Uh, the character, the you know, we often wonder what are the most replayed seasons. Fifty-eight seasons, still, even with your game, it's right up front. Uh, Nineteen sixty, the seventy-two Dolphins, which uh, in our world, Apple World, Bill Lilly just got the. Uh, uh, Dolphins 17 and 0 right through to the Redskins Super Bowl 7 and the 76 bucks I did a 76 bucks replay about eight years ago because I heard someone do it eight years before that I think I got them to one win I think you got yours bucks to three wins to three yeah so and I, and I, bring, I bring that up because you mentioned in the Facebook group that you might consider a fantasy module a la grid zone turf wars yeah. which Graham is also a fan of and that got me thinking about because I've been thinking recently, I was like, well, we, we're the manager, we're the coach, but you're never going to get a 
in APA terms, a C index, worst index team to the Super Bowl, you know, a 0-14 team, no matter how you play it. I wonder if it is desirable that you create a game where a 0-14 team could get to a Super Bowl. Well, not, I mean, not straight out of the box, even I wouldn't want to play that, but with the, with the addition of possibly a, um, um, a rolling, a rolling um, franchise mode, that I think would be compelling. Start with the Owen 14 bucks and 76 and then let it, um, and this is, it's like, I don't know if there's any science fiction fans out there, you know, deviate from the timeline um loki reference and build your own dynasty um so uh, and and uh, and again shouting out to my my gaming crew they were like they they liked the game but they're like al this seems to be fictional we want fictional because they're really into grid zone they're really into fictional gaming and they're like this would be a great engine for that and so i basically am i'm thinking we can meet in the middle we can still build that um but i like the idea of starting with a team that you know cannot make it to the based on just their their lack of talent they're not going to make it to the super bowl but you can you can roll the dice feel like you're in the in the gm seat try to improve the team make some moves and then the 77 card for the bucks you know could, hopefully if you get some good rolls will look better and you know basically see how long it could be a fun meta game see how long it takes someone to take the take that uh take the bucks to the super bowl um and uh, that would be the idea there. Uh, no, I, but no, I never wanted this game to be that, um, open up that door where if you're just strictly replaying a season that anybody could win the Super Bowl. I think it'll be interesting to see people play this game and take maybe, um, you know, contenders and take them to the Super Bowl. I think we've seen Jason have some upsets um, on his channel. I do want that. I do want, you know, you know, an eight and eight team to maybe make a run, um, things like that. Absolutely. But Owen 14, no. Right. Sure. Makes sense. And uh, speaking of those trying to, you're trying to get a team over the hump where there are those close calls, a 10 and 14 that missed the playoffs, like those 75 Cardinals, I think it was, or 76 where they, you know, they finished third in a very tough NFC East or uh, Steeler fan 95 season. Of course, I'm going to try to replay that Super Bowl. Maybe yep. not Neil O'Donnell, but um, so speaking of the game engine, let's, uh, can you walk me really quickly through how I'm, I'm, I've printed out my charts, got them professionally done, bound. Mm -hmm. How am I setting up and playing this game? It takes about 15 minutes a game. It does. It's like I put on the instructions, it takes 20 because I try to be a little conservative, but um, quickly I realized that people got the rules really easily and we're rolling games in 15 minutes. It's a, it's a, it's a quick one, two, three step process. You roll the die once to see um, where the starting field position is going to be. 90% of the time it's going to be, well, 90% of the time you're going to have one roll and you're, or 80% of the time, and it'll be average field position. Um, it's possible that you'll have a possibility of a, of a return, long return or a touchdown return, but that, um, that's one roll. Then you roll for the drive, make a not, note of the time on the second roll. You look at the red die, that's how long the drive takes. And that's really about it. You're looking at typically two rolls per drive. If you have a turnover, you just have to roll 1d6 one more time to see what happens on the turnover. And you write it on the score sheet um, and you move on. It's, it's literally that quick. Uh, what, I, you know, what I added to it from a special teams perspective, field goals are not automatic. You've got to roll for field goals. Um, punts are not automatic. You've got to roll. There's 
different punting charts, um, depending on uh, where you are on the field, which will uh, dictate the um, starting field position of the other team. It'll change the probability that they'll have poor average or great field position. And yeah, I mean, that's really about it. The extra roles are few and far between, but they're meaningful when they happen. It's kind of the idea um, is that uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make the game or do an extra role, it better be important. And uh, again, that's something that was not fun about the original version of the game, like quick insight. Something that used to be in the game that I took out and I'm really glad I did was um, instead of, instead of um, there being a probability of a fumble, meaning the team absolutely does lose control of the ball. It was a, it was a fumble opportunity, meaning you have to roll again to see that. It, and it was a 50, 50 roll. And it really made no sense from a gaming perspective. There's no fun in a one to three, they fall on it and a four to six, they cough it up. So I took that out, had to redo the charts um, to make, to, to take those opportunities out. But in the end, I think it was the right idea where the idea stuck was if there's a fumble on a kickoff. Um, and that's and that's where I left it in there because there is a little added drama there um, that I think does work. So um, yeah, that's 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 it in a nutshell. Interesting. So how much testing did you do? And you talked about, uh, I think Dave Gardner was doing some 76 bucks work as well. And you said, I, it's great to see these seasons play out to help mm -hmm. me test further. How many iterations did you go through ultimately? There's been about, um, of the chart, so the the two main charts, um, and I do have it in front of me. So these two main charts have gone through um, nearly thirty iterations um, as I as I dialed in the probabilities. And um, personally, I ran um, nearly twenty uh, team specific seasons. Teams of like I ran the seventy two Dolphins four or five times. Could never get them to undefeated, but again, wasn't you know wasn't that concerned that I could only, yeah, I always be one loss um, and some ties could never get the, could never get the zero losses. Um, so yeah, it was, and again, it really, it did develop uh, over, oops, you know, in, in fits and starts over the course of four years. And really with the, most of the testing and development of this version happening uh, this year. Excellent. Excellent. So, you know, and, and it strikes me, we talk so often about, getting kids into the game even though we are you know of a certain era uh i love your font by the way there's a little bit of inline version of the font what font is that barbieri barbieri yeah no i so and this is something that uh it's important to me and and so uh, i'm fortunate you know i pay for i pay for uh the adobe font subscription and I found what was brilliant about this font. It's funny that we're talking about it. What's brilliant about the font is that there's like eight different, um, there's there's an inline, the bold, the black, the thin, the regular, the and it's like, it made for a perfect, um, a perfect font for all the different layout I wanted to do. So yeah, Barbieri. Nice, nice. Yeah, all the, you really do need that, uh, that suitcase, that suite of all your weights. Are you a designer by trade? Because it's really well put together. No, it's a hobby. Um, I, I, at this point in my life, do I wish I'd taken my career in that direction? Yeah, but no. <laughs> As someone who did take their career kind of the direction, I say, eh, not so fast, perhaps that's all right. Um, so now I'm looking at, uh, again, I want to go back to the word basis of this 76 Eagles offense, dull, efficient, defense, mild, meek. 
the Super Bowl winners, the Raiders, let's go find Oakland, were dynamic, secure, yet undisciplined on offense, staunch, meek, Matt, passive. Can you kind of correlate how the words equal numbers, if you will, like the stats of that season, a 13-1 Raiders team, how does that translate to dynamic, secure, undisciplined? And how does that kind of factor into the results and the engine? Well, yeah, I mean, the first thing was figuring out from a statistical standpoint, what, um, what season results that a team posts are indicative that, that embody that team. When you think about them, you know, which are the teams that just um, pounded on the ground, ball control, um, and that's basically your efficient quality, uh, or I'm sorry, dynamic quality. Um, prolific was easy. That was because most people are going to remember like the greatest show on turf teams like that, that, that just lit up the scoreboard. And, and, uh, so it was a matter of finding, you know, scoring total yards. Um, this is all in the instructions, you know, fumbles lost interceptions made. What are all of the important stats that, um, will have an out, uh, will, um, impact the final outcome of a game. Um, and that's really what it was about. And uh, I think that, you know, and I, and I went back and forth on different stats and I really, and I'll be, I'll be honest because I knew I would be wanting to crank out seasons for myself. I didn't want to make it subjective. I really wanted to just go with objective numbers. And that is what separates a game like this from a game like Keith. So I just have to say that where Keith excels, where he's a savant, a football savant is that he can take a season and subjectively give ratings to players that are not based on stats at all. He gets it. I can't do that. I have to rely on um, what's on a spreadsheet in front of me and just be objective. Okay. They're the top scoring team. They're going to get this rating. Um, so it started with figuring out what numbers were going to drive the engine and then it was, then it was the fun part. Then it was, um, you know, I, I watch a lot of football. I have my favorite, uh, my favorite commentators and the lexicon is just in my head naturally from reading books and watching videos and, and even talking to Keith. And so um, had to, had to pull it, pull up a thesaurus a couple times to get some, to get some uh, names, but otherwise it was using words that you would, what I would hope or you know, what I hope people, what resonates with people are these words, these are words and phrases that you hear um, on the radio or on TV when you're listening or watching to watching a game. That's the, that's the imagery I'm trying to invoke is, is hearing the broadcast. So yeah, so it's basically figure out the numbers and then um, just assign words to those ranges of numbers that are going to drive the engine. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I'm glad you, you mentioned that subjective, you know, aspect of quantif of adding that extra quantity, that, that intangible, indefinable yeah. kind of feel of a team, you know, because in APA, of course, players are rated from five points best to one point least. And there's a lot of times he got a far, he four, he should be a five or vice versa. I mean, there's some formula, all pros get a five usually, et cetera, things like that. And I, I just wonder, um, you know, you started with the 60, 1960 season, you say you're going to go 60 to 1920, uh, you're, uh, 2020 rather, uh, going back a bit there. Um, do you kind of 
capture those flavors like you you know 60s uh, the afl the high flying 70s a little more kind of ground and pound but opening up toward the end of the decade the 80s three four defenses you know the run and shoot 90s are you kind of incorporating uh, decade strengths or characteristics within the game as well it's it's interesting um fortunately the nfl over the years, the key, so the core component to a fast playing game like this is the final score. And I don't know how the NFL did it, but from the 60s to today, it's basically the same. Um, uh, st statistically, you're seeing the same score ranges more or less, where, you know, the, the, the average points a team is going to score has stayed close enough to the center where I can all of these seasons work with one game engine where I did have to do some work. Um, so I'm letting, let me, let me answer your question first. I'm letting the gamer kind of um, fill in the blanks there with the narrative about what the game was like. Jason Graham, again, I have to just point to his videos. He is taking the results and, and uh, in his mind's eye uh, telling us the viewer of his videos, what is probably happening on the field. Um, so a result that, ha that happens on his tabletop, the same exact line of text that could be happening in a 1960 game will sound and look different to him than if he was playing it in 1998. So to answer your question, I'm letting the, the, the game book is centered on, it, 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 it basically supports any decade. I'm hoping the fifties too, since I, it looks like I need to try to do some fifties team. And I let the qualities in the cards, um, you know, pivot you know, pivot the results in the right direction. And, uh, and that's why I went ahead and did the, the, um, the extra ratings. If people want that detail, um, the game, cause it, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a cheat. The game book will say TD pass, but then they'll have a parenthetical R after it, basically saying, if this was a team that was a, was a, was a ground team, they scored many more rushing touchdowns than passing. Uh, just change that result to a touchdown run. It, you know, it's a, it would be a much more complicated game book um, and game to produce if I had to change the results based on the specific type of football being played on a, in a specific year, uh, you know, more ground game than, than air game when they started opening it up. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, I actually didn't even have that in the initial version. It was, again, it was a play tester recommendation. They said, Al, you know, if you put this out there, people are gonna want that detail because um, they're going to create, it's funny, it was so prophetic. It was like two years ago, someone said, you know, people are going to create finder charts for this, where they're going to want to know who scored the touchdown. And you're going to be able to, you're going to need to be more accurate with regards to it was a run or a pass. So, um, so yeah, so uh, that was thrown in there as well. And that's, and but also where I did have to do some work, uh, the place where from an era perspective, the game has to account for um, changes is with turnovers. Um, ball security. And actually, I had some good arguments for their causes of this with my play testers over why are there so many less interceptions and fumbles today? Of course, we had the, well, it's the rules. It's the rules of change to protect, you know, the, the offense and increase scoring. And I'm like, well, you know, how do we know that, you know, uh, quarterbacks haven't gotten more accurate or that, you know, um, and also because fumbles have gone down. Okay, there's no rules that that prevent a fumble from happening, um, but you know, so ball security's gone up. A lot more fumbles in the old days. A lot more interceptions in the old days. So I did have to put in some, you know, asterisks and and uh, 
um, special results to to um, tweak that aspect of the game. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look like the kicking game of, I mean, it was a lot more haphazard in yeah. the you know dead ballish era, up around to the mid to start start the late days where you start to see like efficiency became king and you know i mean quarterback ratings are through the roof yardage obviously all that good stuff and obviously with players playing having the training these days and the year-round contact with the game that yeah i mean just playing and teams are more efficient it's tougher to find you know which i guess is kind of plays maybe into that whole parody thing although tom brady is breaking any uh, sort of parody paradigm there i guess um so right now you've got 60, 66, 69, uh, 72, 76, 81, 90, 95, 2001, 2010, 2020 sets. Uh, what made you choose that cohort to start with? I wanted to make sure that there was a little bit of something for everybody before I put it out there. I knew I wasn't going to get all the favorite seasons, but at least people would have something from their favorite decade. That was the reason. Okay. And you, you did touch on the 50s. Would you try to go back? And obviously, it's a, a bit more of a gray area, even though we always tout, you know, the Professional Football Researchers Association going back to 1920. People love to try to do that Canton Bulldogs or Akron or whatever. You know, would you go back? I mean, because obviously 58 is, you know, pivotal season, 1950. I mean, the, if you will, the first greatest show on turf, those early Rams teams and that the, you know, that era, the end of the AAFC with the Niners, the Browns, the Rams coming in. Would you go back that bit and is it hard or is that harder to capture? I don't think, it, I, I, I guess I need to say, I don't know. I haven't really looked at the numbers yet, but I, um, I, I've done a, I, done a cursory glance I think it should work I honestly just was trying to be a little bit more realistic about um you know the roadmap of work in front of me uh but um from a numbers from a numbers perspective unless there's something really crazy about uh turnovers in that era um being different than the 60s um I think we should be good it's just a matter of um doing the work about how long does it take you to create a season it takes a few hours um I, I, my again, some of my friends are going to be shaking their head that I haven't automated it yet, but I haven't because I actually enjoy the, I actually enjoy the process of pulling up the page on Pro Football Reference, looking at my looking at my guide for how I do it, and and just I'm I'm honestly I just take the most recent season, um, start by the way the, probably the most time and it sounds like you'll appreciate this is getting the colors right mm -hmm. because damn teams it's like they keep like tweaking their uniforms but i want the like a great example would be say the jets the jets early on you've got the kelly green and the white and the card and then they added black right around oh in the 90s uh somewhere anyway so i it's like little things like that i like to do with the cards to make sure oh yeah this is obviously you know that that era when they were again it's all about the color it's about what it looks like on tv um or in print so um once i get the colors right then i go through and start just um you know getting the data on the cards uh filled in and you know it takes a few hours and then there's proofing which i missed a couple so but the community was right on it and you and you noted that um proof it and at this point the the the, the really cool thing is that uh given that i've already tested so all those seasons that um were with the initial release of the game were tested. So all the decades were tested by either Michael Owens, myself, um, Steve Tower, uh, 
or um, earlier versions um, with uh, with my other with my other um, testers, and I feel confident now that I don't need to test these seasons. I mean, because from a numbers perspective, all I, the 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 numbers aren't any different than any other season, and I know it'll work with the engine. So yeah, a few hours, two to three hours, and then um, I'm able to post it. It's kind of it's it's not that bad, and I I appreciate the uh, the people commenting and and. Uh, it's a nice, it's a, it's actually kind of cool. I just come up into my office. I turn on some music and I, and I do that for a couple hours and, you know, knowing that people are going to appreciate it makes it worth it. For sure. For sure. And I appreciate that you appreciate that. You know, one of the things about Apple football is that it takes maybe an hour and a half to three hours, but it's, you know, savoring the game. It's like, why rush it? You know, it's like, why be, you know, doing this? Although fast play is great when you're not worried about personal statistics. And that's, you know, something obviously we just had the, all the, uh, you know, the uh, pro football re uh, uh, pro football reference just added the uh, PFRAs or PFRA led driven um, unofficial sack stats from 1960 and 1981. Uh, obviously, a lot of folks want to not just replay the team, as you, you mentioned, but, uh, you know, get the personal stats. What's your personal feeling on like trying to get Dickerson to his 2000 yard season or OJ or, you know, Bruce Smith to 20 sacks or the sack exchange, whatever? Yeah, uh, personally, uh, it's never been it's never been uh, it's never been like a, a, an important thing in my in my gaming um, those sort of season. What I'm when I play second season, boy, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I I err on the side of not keeping stats. I I keep the clock and I and I my favorite part of second season and my second season score sheets is I have a section there to note the results of each drive. To me, that's what I want to look at is to, to really, to if I want to look back, I want to see the ebb and flow of the game, exactly who scored the touchdowns um, and trying to um, get season, uh, you know, uh, get someone to outperform or, or perform like they did in a full season. Yeah, it's never something I've, I've been into. Even when I play and when I play my baseball games, I, I, would I love to see a no hitter or a cycle? Absolutely. So I do keep more, you know, I fill out a score sheet, like filling out a baseball score sheet. That was like a rite of passage and, and I still do it. I still love doing it today. Um, but with football, no, I'm more, I'm more of a, I've, I've always thought about the game in more of a drive by drive fashion. I, I, I like looking at time of possession and things like that, but I'm less about the individuals. But since you mentioned that it wasn't, I did at one point think that that would be important and wouldn't it be cool to incorporate a playmaker quality of some sort into this game. And uh, again, in all honesty, that was going to be a lot of work. Like there's been already a couple of comments in the forums when like when the Patriots lose or when the, the current Bucks lose, you know, someone will say, don't, you know, doesn't your game know Brady's the quarterback. And it was actually the genesis. So I'm most proud of the efficient quality in this game, which, you know, is that little boost that teams that under or overperformed in real life based on their um, points for and points against their, their Pythagorean win loss. I leveraged that to, to do that, but it originally started with an idea. Could I give teams a little extra boost to have that superstar um, and then even make a note of it on the card. Um, but the amount of work, the extra work that it would take to do that and the inevitable arguments or disappointments from gamers just wasn't worth the effort to me because I am not, uh, I, I 
I can't uh, profess to be an expert when it comes to individual impact, the, the, the impact of an individual, individual player on the outcome of a game. So I didn't even want to try. I didn't, mm. I, you know, it just wasn't worth it. Interesting. Interesting. And what about, you know, obviously football, the snow, the rain games, the fog uh -huh. games, uh, what's your take on, do you include, I don't think you do, but uh, no. there's in a weather, weather home field advantage, trying to kick a field goal at the Heinz field, depending on direction, the ice bowl, things like that. You don't, uh, what's your take I, on? I was thinking about this last night because um, Jason's comments about, you know, stop tinkering got me thinking about, um, well, if I was going to tinker some more, what would I add? Thanks. Thanks for the idea, Jason. Um, and weather, I mean, weather immediately comes to mind and home field advantage. So thanks to, uh, Bob Hansen for that, make it, that was early on in testing. Bob's like, you need home field advantage. I did the research and I made it so that, you know, you're going to get like a field goal advantage, um, by playing at home, which I think is, is what I figured out in the research was about right. Three to four points for the home team. Um, and Here's, here's, my, here's my out for, for the weather question. These stats are compiled based on um, results from good weather games and bad weather games that happened that season. So I can, I can take the easy out and say, well, it's sort of factored in, you know, in, in this homogenous view of the team. That said, I actually already have notes and I, I was looking back at my notes. And I'm like, I think I thought about this at one point. And absolutely, if we want to, if we want to, you know, gamify this even more and bring in some drama, some artificial drama, but drama nonetheless, we could absolutely have a, um, a pregame role for weather. And if, if you get this result, if it's windy, um, just take, take um, six ticks off the kicker rating, and, you know, something simple like that. Take 10%, you know, you know reduce their efficiency by 15% or so, or, um, you know, maybe, we could, you know, and there, there's other things you could do that are very reminiscent of um, of play again in their game day roles. So weather could actually have a um, possibly a positive impact, but I think typically we think of weather having that negative impact where you might, there might be a chance that a regular offense that doesn't have the prolific rating, maybe they become semi-dull because um, of the snow and you know it's gonna it's gonna negate their kicking game so it would be something like a passing team um, who's re rated regular for offense because becomes semi-dull because it nullifies their passing game whatever so yes um, I've thought about it um, but you know I am taking Jason's advice um, for now because I've there's plenty of time this is one week into the game and there's plenty of time down the road um, to, to add those kind of innovations to the game. I think um, I definitely want to let version, now it's very, the fact, I, by the way, I love your background. Um, <laughs> the fact that I put version 1.0 on the, on the page was both as a, there's multiple reasons. One, um, one of them is sort of like a reminder to myself that um, uh, it, it forces me not to tinker with the game book because I, since I've put it out and people have started printing it, it's like, it's out there, just let it sit, let it be. Um, and the community will kind of help, I think future direction of the game. I can sort of like keep track of what people want to see and, and would like and um, or not like, and just let it be. So uh, besides weather though, um, and, a, and a, 
and a some sort of franchise module where you can go off the rails and build a and start with a real team but build a fictional universe. Um, there really haven't been any other ideas. I think everything everything else is in the game. And I'll be honest with you, even for my games that I own that do have weather modules, I never use them. I it it bogs down. It's one more thing that you have to check or remember as you're playing the game, and that that doesn't sit well with me. I just want to play the game and not have to remember an extra thing because inevitably I always forget. For, for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and it's really questionable. I mean, if you think about, I mean, you know, you always see the list, top 10 weather games, you know, the uh, 81 sure. AFC championship. I mean, did that cold really affect the Chargers that much? I mean, uh, you know, or did the heat, does the heat particularly, I mean, you know, Keith in second season has his, his weather chart by, mm -hmm by season and region so yeah. you know if you've got a, a, a northern team going to a southern team you know is the is the southern team going to wear its home whites and try to you know create some sort of fatigue in the other team is that going to really you know in your analysis i don't know if you've done that type of analysis so. I, I haven't instead jeff what i've seen is i've read a ton of write-ups over the years i mean hundreds and hundreds of game write-ups I don't recall any that were where people were like, oh my God, the weather, you know, played such a big role in this game. I never see people talking about in their write-ups how it how the how the how the the weather factors impacted the game or and you don't see people talking about that enough that um I that I think it needs to be part of the narrative. So if I did something like that, it would definitely, I would want it to be something so cool. Um, and, uh, re, you know, something people remember. And I just don't see that happening with any of the other games. Uh, and I see most people not even using that. And I know that I don't, but you bring up a good point. Um, it, and, and other people have brought it up too, is that this is a narrative game. It's not a numbers game. So why wouldn't you try to add that extra layer of drama? So um, it's definitely, it's definitely in the, on the, in the parking lot, so to speak, for on the roadmap of the game. For sure, you've got a, an oven with a, about a hundred burners there with a, <laughs> projects and levels of the project. But it's interesting going back to Jason. We'd love to talk about Jason. Um, you know, he you know, in our interview we we talked about how the because he is you know he coaches youth football and he's uh, an athlete. Uh, you know, he you talk about the fan perception of the game versus the reality of how it's played. For instance, he noted that defenses are not, you know, called to combat the run or combat the pass per se. They're more, in his words, that they are a formation set to counter a number of possibilities. And you wonder, you know, you, you, you say like uh, the 78 AFC championship or 79 by date, but 78 season where, you know, the, Oilers travel to Pittsburgh and it's a 34-5 intense rain game versus that, you know, uh, Eagles go to Chicago, I think in the 80s and they had the fog game, you know, there's really not much impact there. But, you know, trying to add too much to the game from a fan perspective versus, uh, you know, the actual insider's view of what the game really is, is interesting. I wonder, you know, how do you kind of rate your game in terms of realism and really capturing the flavor of what the field uh, you know, what's happening in the guts of the game of football. I think, I think I'd rate it at the same as any other card and dice tabletop game in that it's, well, yeah, I'd rate it the same because it's ultimately it's down to our imagination. Um, 
I, I don't know how, you know, it's like whether, whether it's a, whether it's something from, um, another company, uh, Downey inside sports, um, and I'm drawing a blank on all the other teams that produce um, statistically based football games. But um, the point is they all require an investment from the game player to put, to sort of like suspend disbelief, um, get your tunnel vision on, immerse yourself in, in what, what may be happening. And while while I do, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with the way the game turned out and I, and I, and I still, even reading the same lines over and over and over, I feel they do help evoke a certain image. At the end of the day, um, it is going to just boil down to people memorizing these roles. They're going to memorize the results, especially like, you know, folks probably already know 135 is going to be a, a turnover. Um, so from that perspective, I, I think um, it, it, it's almost, you know, it, once you've played a game long enough, again, if, if you, if you burn out, it's going to be because, you know, it's an imagination burnout more than anything else, but that's how, that's kind of how I view, that's kind of how I view it in terms of, in terms of that. Interesting. Great. Great. Speaking for yourself, personal uh, sports heroes, personal football heroes, the, the moments that really stood out to you and really captured your attention in the game. For me, you know, the Steelers, seeing the Steelers logo in Super Bowl nine, it's like, oh my God, that's <laughs> just weird stuff like that. What are your kind of those moments or football players ingrained in your memory? Yeah, so for me, um, I got to take you through my geography of moving around the country. I was born in Massachusetts. So my first memories are of... Um, uh, having this Patriots football, white football with red stripes and, and uh, uh, what's his name? What's his name? The, the, the Patriots guy. Um, I think Pat Patriot, I think. Pat Patriot. Yes. And Pat Patriot on the football. So I think they were probably my first, first team and, and, uh, but, and the Redskins for some reason, just because I think someone had bought me a Redskins shirt for no, for no reason, just random. Um, but shortly thereafter moved to Philadelphia. So I grew up um, North, Northeast Philly and suburbs and was an Eagles fan. So my first memories really is going to my friend's house every Sunday uh, growing up in Philadelphia because they had a big projection TV um, and we'd watch the Eagles game. So Jaworski and Montgomery and all those and, and uh, the, the 1980 Super Bowl. Um, I've got my vintage you know, Jaworski helmet there. Um, and for years and years and years, just an Eagles fan and, and uh, just, but boy, watching the games on TV for either watching them at the vet or on TV from Veterans Stadium, God, just not a good experience. I mean, just that ugly AstroTurf and um, a, a bland shade of green and, and uh, just, you know, but, but it got me hooked on the game. But at the same time that I was an Eagles fan, again, we talked about graphics and design. Um, I started becoming a Chargers fan. You asked me why? Wow, because of Fouts? No, no. Joiner, Winslow, uh, Muncie? Nope, nope, nope. The helmet. Exactly. It was the helmet. <laughs> it was this. It was this helmet. That's right. And and, and so um, as fortune would have it, I moved to. I, I finished college in Pittsburgh, um, and I did become a Steelers fan while I was out there, much to the chagrin of all my friends in Philly. Um, and, uh, but moved to San Diego. My, my parents had um, sold their house in Pennsylvania while I was in college, moved to San Diego. So I moved to San Diego in 90, um, you know, uh, 
raised raised a couple kids, got married, got divorced, got remarried, spent 30 years in San Diego. Uh, and um, yeah, I was a, I, so those are probably where my solid football memories come from watching the, 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 um, the Super Bowl where the, where the 49ers just broke our hearts um, in 94 with my dad, um, just a few years before he passed away. He had decorated his house with all the Chargers logos and everything. And, and uh, so that was a heartbreaking year. But um, my heroes today, because I lived in Arizona for a few years and I went to Pitt. So Larry Fitzgerald is my number one all-time favorite football player. Um, his talent, his ability to take a hit and get right up, the guy's just made of rubber, um, and, his, and his impact in the community. So it's like you take all those things, and Larry Fitzgerald just turns out is, is absolutely my number one. Um, and then, uh, but as far as like favorite players, I mean, Dan Fouts will always be my favorite quarterback. Um, LaDainian Tomlinson, I got to see him play live. Um, I'll, you know, I won't forget any of his record-breaking seasons. Breaks my heart. He never got a Super Bowl ring, but he's my favorite running back. Um, and so those are those are probably the big three. And Junior Seau. Um, I, again, I lived, I lived um, just a few miles from Junior Seau when I when I lived in Oceanside um, in the San Diego area. So his impact in the community was huge. Um, so. You know, those are so most of my go-to idols are going to be either from the 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 um, the seasons I remember as a kid. I remember, like you talk about the uh, the game in Miami in in 1981. I think it was 1981. The the uh, the double overtime you know. being carried off. I remember again. I remember my memory sucks, but I remember where I was when I watched that game. I, my dad let me, um, you know. Uh, watch it with him in, in their master bedroom and we're watching on that little color TV at the end of the room. And he let me stay up late um, and, and finish, you know, finish that overtime game. So, uh, you know, memories of the chargers, memories of um, the, uh, the um, watching all Larry Fitzgerald games when I was in Arizona. Um, uh, yeah. So now I'm in North Carolina though. So now I'm, I'm, I, I sort of lost so I was a San Diegan for 30 years. When they moved to LA, um, my wife and I, my wife was really emotional about it. She's like, yeah, she she donated all of her Charger shirts and just got rid of them. I've still got mine because there's some expensive jerseys and they look cool. Um, so I'm not getting rid of my Chargers jerseys, but uh, so, you know, I guess I, I'm gonna try to invest in the Panthers a bit while I'm here. I am not, so I, I know a lot of the listeners are very much passionate about that one team and you gotta stay with that one team your whole life. Again, as I said at the beginning of the interview, I'm an NFL fan. Um, I, you know, I, am, I, won't, I won't jump on a bandwagon. I'll usually try to stay regional. So, you know, right now it's like uh, um, Panthers and Steelers are, are my team now. And I say Steelers just because um, it's funny. It's like, we're in a blackout region in here in North Carolina for Pittsburgh. It, it, it's really weird. So I guess they're in my region, um, but yeah, it's, that's uh, those are my players. Interesting, nice, nice. And I imagine you've got to have at least one or two of those powder blue Charger. Oh, I've got multiple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's you bring up. Yeah, I mean, I was just that was going to be my second question. What was your take on the move or the Vegas Raiders, things like that? You know, the, I mean, so much of the sport is really about legacy and history, and you know, uh, that that memory and that. Um, connection so that's that's uh makes perfect sense um 
Yeah. And it's, it's a little distressing when those uh, big shifts happen. Or you, you think back to Ursay and the Colts and that midnight move, you know. But, uh, well, thank you, sir. I mean, I think uh, that covered a lot of the ground that I was hoping to cover. I, I think that provided some insights into people into your thinking about the game of, of football actual and your game, Fast Drive Football. Congratulations on all this success. And uh, I know you're going to be a busy man going forward here. So um, thank you for your time and uh, thank you for creating this game. It's, it's clearly proving uh, very, very intriguing to people and providing a lot of fun already. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with the reception. And uh, just, just to add there, for me, the meta game here is the community. Um, the, the interaction with the community is as much fun for me as playing the game. So, uh, you know, when people ask, it's like when people, you know, try to, um, when people ask, is it, you know, how much time are you spending on this? It's like, it doesn't feel like I'm spending time on it. It's just, it's enjoyable. It's, it's, a, it's a nice distraction during the workday when I can check my phone and answer a question. Um, and it, you know, breaks the monotony of the workday and it gives me something to look forward to uh, when I have free time. So, yeah, the metagame of supporting the community um, is, 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 is a lot of fun. So I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate the rest of the community that's, that's been saying nice things. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time and be well. All right. Thank you.